Let's get started. Morena tato. Tena koto te fano or Auckland Unitarian. Tena koto nga manuhi. Greetings to you, Auckland Unitarian family, and greetings to our guests. No witana me repanona oku tip tupuna. Itipu ake oki tamaki makodo. Noreira kamihi kitemonga ko mongafo. Mete moana ko waitemata. Ko ngati aotearoa te iwi. Ko nina kuri toku ingoa. Tokorua aku tamariki ko nadia rawa ko Ralph. He kaitaka wainga. Aho. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> I'm working at the moment on my te reo. So I've done a formal pepaha introducing myself, explaining that my forebears are from Sweden and Lebanon. Uh, that I've grown up in Auckland, and so uh, I acknowledge the mountain Mongafo and the water of Waitemata. Uh, I've got two kids, Nadia and Ralph, who many of you have met. They're on their iPads at the moment, uh, and I am a mediator by profession. No mai haere mai ki tene fare karakia o te atua. It's my honour to lead today's service. And welcome you to this church, a space of connectedness, both physical and metaphysical, made sacred by Auckland Unitarians for over 120 years now. And here, in welcoming you, I'm adopting the words of Marilyn Fakowski. We know you come here for different reasons, to find community, to seek your spiritual and personal truths, to nurture your heart and soul to be nurtured, to explore new ideas, find comfort, perhaps to find the answers to some of your bigger questions. We know you come from different backgrounds, different places, different religions, different beliefs, and we hope you will find comfort, connection, challenge, and love here. We hope you will find ways to provide outreach to others here today in our local community and in our world community. Noreira, tenakoto, tenakoto, tenatato katoa. Kyora, hui hui mai tato. So welcome to your greetings, and let's come together now. We are about to enter sacred time. We're about to make this time and this place sacred by our presence and intention. As we turn off or silence our phones, let us also turn down the volume on our fears, remove our masks, loosen the armour around our hearts. Don't take my word for it. Do it as slowly as you need to. If you take a little risk with these good people, together with us on Zoom, and physically together, together in the church, you may find that they have the same human needs as you do. <sighs> Breathe. Let go of the expectations placed on you by others and those they may have taught you to place on yourself. Drop the guilt and the shame, not to shirk accountability, but an honest expectation of the possibility of forgiveness. Let go of the thing you said the other day. Let go of the thing you dread next week. Let's be here together 
in this moment with each other, breathing here. Those words are by Chip Roush, by the way. It's time to light the chalice. David, are you there to, to light the chalice in church? Every endeavor begins with a first step and encounters darkness and, and difficulty along the way. We light this chalice in anticipation of knowing the dawning of the light, the beginnings of hope, and the renewal of life. And we say together the covenant. Love is the doctrine of this church, and the quest for truth is the sacrament, and service is its prayer, to dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve humankind in fellowship, to the end that all souls shall grow in harmony. Thus do we covenant with each other and with our God. Okay. So, the Government has now lifted basically all remaining COVID restrictions, right? We don't have a traffic light system anymore. We have very few masking requirements. And you don't even have to isolate if a household member tests positive, so long as you monitor for yourself the symptoms and do rats. Does anyone else feel like this is just another massive change that we have to get our heads around? Another round in the whiplash? of the last two and a half years. For the last couple of years, there's been this constantly changing regime that intrudes into our daily lives. And to be clear, I think it's been justified and appropriate and I'm grateful for a government that has protected us this way. But it hasn't been easy, right? First, we had the alert level system and then the full lockdown in early 2020 and then, particularly for Aucklanders, bouncing in and out of more lockdowns, which affected everyone differently. Leaving aside actually catching COVID, there was everything from learning how to work from home, teach your kids from home with homeschooling, loneliness, isolation for those living alone, and also for those not living alone, but perhaps in a different way, extreme economic disruption for businesses, and the general pervading fear and anxiety about what was going to happen. And that's not even touching on the fact the borders were closed and the whole MIQ system and what that meant for people who had structured their lives across those global boundaries. Let alone the health reality. What if I catch it? What if someone I love catches it? Will it be mild or severe for me? What if I die? Will we see the same healthcare crisis that other countries have had? And what about long COVID? So, what, with this last lifting of restrictions, 
is that all over now? Our discussion topic today will involve reflecting on these changes. In my own life, the COVID rule changes have felt relentless. As a mediator, I help people meet for usually a day or two around the table and see if they can talk about and negotiate a solution for their dispute. And this involves being in a room with a group of people you don't know that well for usually over 10 hours. So there are health and safety implications with COVID. And over the last couple of years, this has involved mediating totally via Zoom, mediating with some people physically in the room and some on Zoom, mediating with everyone physically in the room, but everyone showing their vaccine passes, checking with venues about QR codes and making sure everyone scans in, having individual bottles of water on the table instead of carafes of water because the safety concern outweighs the environmental concern, having individually wrapped morning and afternoon tea rather than a platter of food, wearing masks, not wearing masks, mediating disputes within a dispute about whether one party is entitled to insist that everyone else wears masks, navigating the offence that is caused when one party refuses to wear a mask. Do they really have a mask exemption? Doing rat tests the day before so we have time to make alternative plans if someone returns a surprise positive result. Doing rats on the morning of, because everyone knows rapid antigen tests are only so, so reliable. And generally a lot of discussion and planning in advance of every mediation to make sure everyone can arrive on the day feeling safe enough and comfortable enough to be able to think clearly about the big decisions that will be required of them. And then we have the impact of COVID on the disputes themselves. COVID feels like a person at the table in most of my mediations at the moment. From the financial consequences of material delays and labour shortages on construction projects, to the implications of the COVID economy on how you calculate business as usual earnouts in, for vendors in investment disputes, to the impact COVID has had on property prices, and what that means when you're trying to divide trust assets and inheritances fairly between siblings. And also at a deeper level, I reckon everyone has been so adrenaline and cortisol fueled for the last couple of years that this has affected the quality of basic working communication, which can escalate disputes and sometimes even cause them in the first place. And that basic human fear that we've all been living with for years now trickles up through layers of organisations with macro consequences. Don't even get me started on what schooling the kids has been like and how hard it's been for the children and the teachers to wear masks at school and cope with the shifting between in-classroom and distance home learning. So what? With this last lifting of restrictions, is that all over now? It was clearly not, right? We still have COVID in the community and it's just another new awful challenge, these lifting, lifting of these restrictions for those who are living with immunocompromised family members, especially children and keeping them safe at school. But there is a sense that I'm picking up of kind of emerging, blinking into some new light spaciousness with this last lifting of restrictions. And it coincides for me with spring 
I mean, I can smell freesias in the air, for goodness sake. And the sun is shining, and you can almost hear the garden groaning with things growing. It's kind of nice. I went to a book launch last week for the author Emily Wrights. She's a Wellington-based writer, mother of two, an activist and a blogger, and she's just released her third book. It's called Needs Adult Supervision. Here it is here. Uh, and I can highly recommend it. I'm going to read you a short piece from the book called The Future. It was written in 2021. And Emily Wrights has kindly given me permission to read this to you all this morning. I'm reading this piece from the book because for me, it captures how it felt to be in lockdown in the darkest parts of 2021. And part of the COVID whiplash sensation for me is I'm so focused on getting through the current platter of things in front of me and navigating it safely with all the COVID concerns that I feel like I forget what it's been like at different times and what we longed for then. And I'm wondering if we might just maybe be in a place now where some of that might be possible. So here we go. It's called The Future. There's this thing that we keep doing, asking each other, how are you? And we keep saying, fine. But I don't know that any of us are that fine. This feeling I have now is like that of the early days with my babies. They were fresh and new and we cocooned inside. Every trip out felt like some kind of adventure. Our home was a fortress, sanctuary, cage. But this is also like walking through sludge. There is joy, of course, lots of it. But I've begun to fear things outside. I see things with new eyes. The news keeps pouring in and I try to jam the windows shut, but it seeps in and in and in. The world felt small then, but it also felt too big. It was never meant to be this way. The being able to do nothing, nothing at all, nothing, nothing for the people you love. It's a nothingness that seeps into your bones and it's the nothing that makes them ache. I want to write about how I miss seeing people smile, but then I picture that smirking woman campaigning against wearing a mask. I picture her laughing at a grieving child and I think we don't deserve smiles anyway. I think about how people say shaming, is, shaming other people is wrong, but these people have no shame anyway. I think about all the rage emerging from the sadness. I think about the hidden struggles, the loss of faith, the anger, and I wonder how anyone copes with the everything of it all. My friend said to me, Every time I try to imagine the future, a door slams. My imagination is under attack. And that's what it feels like, because we're not made for this. And yet there's nothing to change it. We have to do it. So how then? I try to conjure a time, the time of you reading this right now. Tell me, in the future, are there no masks? 
Or have we just become used to them? What about levels? Do we still have them? What about, this is a COVID-19 announcement. Is it still here? What's it like? Is there a long queue at customs? When you read this, have we been reunited? Are we drinking cocktails where we share a straw? Are we deciding to buy a packet of cigarettes, cackling as we pretend we're 16 again? Are we people watching? Are we hearing that song that's ours? Are we dancing together, screaming the words, strangers all around us singing too? Is there sweat and happiness, bubbles cheered? Are there new friends? Are we home again? How did we return to normality? Did the years apart slide away with ease? Was the beach the same? The sun warming us as it always did? I can imagine it, but it hurts. I can look for the little moments of joy, buy lavender for the garden, give to the food bank, set up meal trains, try to have as much gratitude as I can, keep putting one foot in front of the other, breathe, try to make life a little brighter. But the hurt is still there, the doors still slam, Widening my view is recognizing that hope is a verb. In this moment, in 2021, I'm trying not to turn in on myself. In this timeline, I'm anxious and scared. I want to see the future. I want babies to meet their grandparents, parents to see their grown children and hold them like they're new again. I want friends to hug and cry happy tears. In the future, we'll be reunited with our friends' dogs. The park will reopen. Children will play again. Love will be in the air as we step into this new world. Hopefully brave, but resolute in care for others. Hopefully hopeful. That's the piece. There's still so much uncertainty for the future, right? Are there going to be new variants? More lockdowns? Are we going to look back on this time in late 2022 and scoff? Ha! We were just getting started. We don't know, right? But I wonder if we might, even if just for today, for these gorgeous days of spring, Say with defiantly optimistic joy, defiantly optimistic joy, enter, rejoice, and come in. It's time to extinguish the chalice. David, will you do it in the church? And let's say together, we extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. Thank you everyone for allowing me to lead today. Uh, I'm going to read our closing words and have our closing song uh, and then we will separate into breakouts. We're doing this because of 
Uh, we're learning from experience that this works best with the flow uh, when we're in hybrid mode like this, with some on Zoom and some in the church. For our closing words, and Paul, could we have on Zoom the view of everyone in the congregation rather than the chalice? Thank you. Hands up if you're a Queen fan. I'm referring to the rock band, not the monarch. Bless her, of course. Yeah, that's a lot of hands. Okay, so you might recognize these words. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. I feel good. And no one's going to stop me now. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful day. I feel good. I feel right. And no one... No one's going to stop me now, Mama. Sometimes I feel so sad, so sad, so bad. But no one's going to stop me now, no one. It's hopeless, so hopeless to even try. All right, so your, the question for discussion is really how are you feeling about these lifting of restrictions? Um, and... What are your reflections? Uh, what does it make? How does it make you feel? And does that involve for you, as it has for me, reflecting on the last couple of years? And can you find a touch of joyful defiance in your plans for the rest of the day?